Oh, beautiful parables. Today, though, well, we, hear, we heard in our first reading about Moses. Moses is atop the mountain, conversing with God. He's receiving the Ten Commandments, the law. Meanwhile, at the base of the mountain, the people became impatient. Left to themselves, for just a little while, they went off and started to do things their own way. As the Lord said to Moses, they turned aside from the way pointed out to them. Now we do this all the time. We forget that God is still with us. And over and over, we turn aside from God and the way that he has pointed out for us. But the good news in in all of today's readings is this. God doesn't give up on us. Over and over we go astray, but God's mercy is limitless. St. Paul, for example, the man who wrote like probably half the New Testament, who spread the faith far and wide, thought of himself as the foremost, as the chief of all sinners. And he really did do a lot of terrible things before he met Jesus. And after all, you'll recall that before he got the name Paul, he was Saul. And Saul was standing there watching with approval as they were stoning St. Stephen to death. Yet God chose that man, Paul, of all people, to be an apostle and a missionary. Why? Well, maybe because in forgiving Paul and in working through him, the least likely it would seem of all people, the foremost of sinners, God's power and his mercy would be all the more obvious to us. And this shows us that God doesn't just use the holiest of us. He seeks out the lost sinners. He brings us back and uses us for good. If God can convert the hardened heart of Paul and make good use of him, well, certainly there is a lot of hope for us. And to make that even more clear... Jesus, in today's gospel, gives us not one or two, but three beautiful parables. I encourage you to spend some time with those parables. You heard them read aloud, but it can be kind of distracting in church, you know. Pray with them. Maybe stick around after Mass and read in the Missalette, Luke 15, the readings from today. First, Jesus told the parable of the Good Shepherd. Now, apparently a good shepherd leaves the 99 to fend for themselves for a while while he goes off seeking the one who's wandered away. And when that shepherd finds the one sheep, he doesn't punish it, swear at it, kick it, you know, get angry. No, he picks it up, puts it on his shoulders, and carries it home. And then he celebrates That's how it is in heaven when one of us responding to God's grace and prompting in our lives is found by the Lord and brought back into the fold. That happens most powerfully in the sacrament of confession. The next parable, the parable of the woman with the lost coin, conveys a similar message. 
Now, depending on you know, which commentary you read, I was trying to figure out how much this coin she was looking for was worth. And there's different uh, commentaries say different things, but it was anywhere from a few pennies in value to a day's wage. But in either case, this really kind of seems almost silly. Imagine if your neighbor called you up and said, you know, hey, come on over, we're going to have a big party. It's going to be awesome. I found a dollar in the sofa cushions. You think, okay, you're, you're a little crazy, <laughs> but I'll come over for the food, right? You know? The message here is that we are like the lost coin. We are like the lost coin. On a human level, we might be willing to say, oh, I don't know where I put that quarter or whatever. Whatever, it's no big deal. We might uh, likewise dismiss someone as a lost cause. Well, God doesn't. He, like the woman in the parable, searches every nook and cranny, going into the depths of forsakenness upon the cross, looking for us, for us lost souls. And when he finds us, he brings us back into the fold. He forgives us our sins if we let him. And then there's a celebration in heaven. Angels rejoice when we repent. The last parable in the gospel today is the big one. It's like the parable of all parables. It's the most beautiful, I think, in the whole of the New Testament. And we can say a lot about it. But I'm just going to focus on a few points. The younger son sinned. He went astray. He said horrible, insulting things to his father. He squandered his inheritance. He was selfish. He indulged in sinful things. And for that, he was rewarded with an appalling fate for a Jew. He had to work to tend swine. Swine, you know, the unclean animal in Jewish law. So this was the worst of the worst for this guy. And he wasn't even earning enough at this job to feed himself. That's like us when we are living in sin. You know, we go off chasing worldly pleasures all the time. And we get them for a little while. But they quickly lose their attraction. We get tired of it. Even the greatest thing you can buy. It's going to break. You're going to get tired of it. You're going to want more. And hopefully, at that point, we realize our poverty when we are without the Father. We need him. And the Father in the parable, he is standing there, staring out at the horizon. He's hoping that his son will return. And when the son does return, but he's still at a distance, the father runs out to him and embraces him, kisses him. The father does not slap him upside the head and say, I told you so. He doesn't force him to work and pay off the inheritance he squandered. Instead, he realizes his son has repented And he rejoices, he welcomes him home, he welcomes him completely back into the family. And that, thankfully, is how God deals with us. He loves us so much that he seeks us out constantly, 
like he did St. Paul, like the shepherd seeking the lost sheep, like the woman hunting for her lost coin, like the father scanning the horizon for his prodigal son. And when God finds us, if we repent of our wrongdoing, he welcomes us home with open arms. So, if you've been away from confession or even the church altogether for a while, God's calling you back. He's seeking you out. He's hoping that you will return and accept his mercy. See, God is more, he's very pleased that, that we've gathered here at Mass. He's very happy when we're here and when we are in good in his grace. But he is even more pleased when just one of us repents and receives his forgiveness. So let us then pray for ourselves and for those among us who need repentance and confession, that they might realize what joy there is waiting for them in God's mercy.